Welcome to Making Moves with Matt, a podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to the art of making moves. My name is Matt, just a young buck, 41 countries deep, in my mission to hit every country in the world. Let's get it. All right. So today on Making Moves with Matt, it's uh, our my very first podcast. So don't laugh at me if it goes wrong. This is all experimental, but let's get talking. So today I have someone very special in my life speaking to us today. Her name is Pearly. Uh, the floor is yours. Could you introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Well, first I want to say thank you so much for having me. I know this is such a scary test experiment kind of feeling right now. This is your very first podcast. I know you've been on so many podcasts as a guest yourself. And this is your first one of you hosting, so I know this is a very big deal. So again, I want to say it's such an honor for you to have me. But I also want to say that this is my first time ever being on a podcast, period. So just bear in mind, bear that in mind as this goes along because this is my first time. But yes, as an introduction, my name is Pearly. Um, I am 26 years old. If we're counting countries, I have been to 26 countries total. Um, so this is all about travel. Um, living abroad-wise, I guess you could say I've lived abroad in three countries. First one, England. However, that was studying abroad for one semester in college. Second, I spent a little over a year in Korea. And now, currently, I am living in Turkey, in Istanbul specifically, which will be a total of a little over oh, a year also. So that's me. All right, let's unpack that real quick. So where are you from? Where did you go to school? What did you study? Um, so that we can bring us to where we are in Turkey. So yeah, hit that with me. Okay, yeah. So I am from Los Angeles County in Southern California, specifically from Torrance, which is located in like the beach region of LA. Um, so I went to California State University of Long Beach in which I studied economics with a minor in environmental science and policy. However, after I finished college, I obtained my teaching credential. So I am qualified or licensed to teach elementary education in public schools in the U.S. All right. So yeah, just a heads up, everyone. Um, before this podcast, Pearlie was very nervous and had to drink some wine, so if she makes any slip-ups, just know wine is involved. Yeah, expose me, why don't you? Yes. So yes, uh, how about we talk about uh, how we, we met and how we have got to this point. Um, Pearly will say one story, I will say another, but... Are you saying we have two different stories? We do. Why do we have to have two different So stories? why don't you fire us up with uh, how it how is in your mind that we, we met? It should be the same version in both just of our say minds, your, but anyway... Say your this is my version, a.k.a. the correct version, the accurate version. So both of us have obtained our TEFL certificates, which is certification to teach English as a foreign language. And we both obtained this through an online company called International TEFL Academy. Shout out to them. Um, and so Matt got his, what, years before me, but I got mine during COVID. It was the year 2020, specifically the summer of. Um, so what is an 11-week course? Um, after you complete this, there are a bunch of, what, Facebook pages for International TEFL Academy, aka ITA, alumni for specific countries, just so you could, you know, network with 
people that live in these countries beforehand, before you go over there, just so you can, you know, network with them or learn more about what it's like living in those countries by speaking to these people. Um, so long story short, I joined the South Korea alumni page for this TEFL Academy. Um, and the first page, um, well, first I got a job offer from a school in Busan. So this is back when I was getting job offers, but I was deciding which one I should go for. So I, of course I wanted to, you know, speak to people and get to know their experiences just so I could make, you know, a full on decision of where I wanted to go. Um, so I just typed in the page, I think Busan, cause that's one of the cities of where one of my top job offers was from. And I swear the first pay, uh, the first post there was Matt. I think you were, your post was, Hey guys, I just got out of co uh, quarantine. So who lives in Busan? Yeah. Cause that's exactly how I sound. <laughs> that is, I think that was a okay. very good impression. Um, so <laughs> I saw that you got like, nope, well, I don't know if you got any comments, but I, I reached out to you. I like actually messaged you. I said something along the lines of like, Hey, I just saw that you're living in Busan. Um, are you over there now? I think that was just my like general first conversation starter. Nothing along the lines of anything romantic or anything. I'm not sliding into the DMs, like in that kind of sense. I was literally just trying to gauge what it was like to live in the city of Busan. Like I had done this with other people too on these alumni pages. But mind you, I don't know how many people she had messaged before. Why that. does that matter? I, I think she definitely, I think she told me herself, this is from the, the horse's mouth, um, that she clicked on a profile, saw a little something something. Like do a little song with someone and then, then hit me up. But, you know, that those are... Okay, you know. well, of course, every time I'm going to message someone that I don't know on Facebook, I'm going to, like, look at their profile, see if they're, like, a, you know, okay... Yeah, okay. So, 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 message, I, I, so I know who I'm going to be talking to. So that was that. So just from your profile, whatever, I knew that you were, like, my age, whatever. You were from the U.S. Little things like that. This is so, your type. <laughs> Well, my type is my age. But yeah, so that was my message to you. And I think at the time you were in quarantine in Korea, because back then in Korea, we were required to undergo a two week quarantine before we could, you know, actually enter the life of Korea. That's actually what it felt like. So this is back when I think Matt was in his like early stages of quarantine. So as soon as he answered, like, oh, like, I don't know what it's like, like, I'm still in quarantine, blah, 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 blah. And then you said something about your VPN getting caught by your recruiter because you changed your VPN to Italy because you wanted to watch Boardwalk Empire. No, or... Ray, Ray Donovan. Okay, Shout out Ray, Ray Donovan, <laughs> Donovan. yes. You so VPN, virtual private network, for those who don't know. And, uh, yeah, okay, that's a story of another time, but yes, continue. But, yeah, so my first impression of him was, like, oh, he's telling me, like, a lot of things... I'm not even asking about, and I don't even know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, story for another time. Um, so that was what in September. I think that's when you arrived in Korea. Yes. So that's when I had just recently finished my certification and had been um, interviewing for jobs and things like that. Um, so I think from then on, we would casually just message here and there. I mean, there's not really that much we could have talked about because as far as we know, the only thing we had in common was the TEFL thing. 
and that we were both going to South Korea or you were already there, but I was going to go there. Um, but I think, I don't know what happened that we started talking about, you know, a mutual thing, one thing led to another. And I think it was, yes, specifically Boxing Day, aka for those Americans that don't know what Boxing Day is, is the day after Christmas. So what, four months after we had first initially messaged, um, that you, I think you were like under the influence of alcohol. You were at some Boxing Day party. Which, well, hold up. Okay, so Boxing Day um, is, is celebrated by what? Brits. Brits, right. So it was my first Boxing Day. So they day. actually have like parties on Boxing Day. Okay, when you say party, it was like four of us. But yeah. But you're so having alcohol. So you're alcohol celebrating was involved. Something. And yeah, just a little sipping. And uh, because Pearly, I guess, was on my mind at the time. Oh, I messaged her on what? Snapchat. It was Snapchat. Snapchat, yeah. I specifically remember because you know how Snapchat, when you screenshot the chats, it sends a notification to the other person that you screenshotted it? Yes. So when you had asked me out on that date, I took a picture on my, a separate picture on my, like, laptop webcam on Photoboot. <laughs> so you wouldn't get the notification that nice. I screenshot. So you're fiend. Because it was just so out of, I don't want to say out of pocket. But it was, like, so out of the blue. Well, what's more out of the blue? Me doing that or you taking a screenshot on your laptop? We grew out of How the blue old because are we? it was... <laughs> I don't want to give you the notification. Okay, Otherwise, yeah, but... you'd be like, why did you do that? What, what a... about that mess Anyways. Anyways, it was so funny the way you asked because I think before that, I'm just going to say the way you asked was, like, a very smooth way. Ooh. Because it's not so out of the blue because it was... Anyway... So we were talking about, I think, our coworkers. I think your coworkers in Korea were, you know, mostly a couple. And then my coworkers in Korea, I hadn't even arrived in Korea, but I knew that my co my coworkers were two couples. So I think I was expressing to Matt, like, oh, like when I get there, I think it's gonna be like, oh, me always third wheeling because, you know, I'm going to be coworkers with two couples. Obviously, they're going to be, you know, my first friends when I arrive in Korea. And then you said Something along the lines like, yeah, 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 my coworkers are an engaged couple, so welcome to the club. Shout out Sam and Amy. What's up? <laughs> and then you said, oh, how about we third wheel no more and just go on a date with each other or something like that. That was yeah, your well, like... Never. Okay. <laughs> just fast forward. We, we got the point. Snapchat uh, sliding through the DMs. But... You know, she hit me up on Facebook. In my DMs, mind you, here she is saying this a comment. Doesn't way. matter, doesn't matter. So when we go meet people abroad or wherever it is that we meet, oh, and then people ask, so how did y'all meet? Or I'll say, hey, Pearly, why don't you tell them how we met? She always um, omits the fact that sh she literally, literally slid into the DMs, which maybe this day and age, the connotations of sliding into the DMs means one thing. That's not how I'm referring to it. I'm referring to it as she... She literally slid into the DMs, you know what I mean? So Okay, but not in that kind of sense. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Really matter. Slid into the DMs because that is okay, not okay, what okay. you do. So she uh I messaged you on she Facebook. She DM'd me. On Facebook. She DM'd me. On Facebook. So it doesn't matter. Whatever. So the point is, then I'll I'll drop the, the verb uh slide, but I will say she DM'd me. And can, on can, Facebook. can you disagree with that? But no, 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 you're like trying Facebook. to fight it. I feel like Facebook is an important thing. Okay, PM. Private message? Yeah, okay. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Okay, anyways. So, okay. Then we'll fast forward. We met. We went on a first date. Our first date was our first meeting, and it was the very first day. Very. 
first day. The wine is talking already. I'm nervous. Go ahead. It was the very first day after I had gone out of quarantine in Korea, the two-week quarantine that we had mentioned before, which if you look back on it, that's like very romantic. That was how I spent my very first day in Korea, and it was spent with you. And Ooh. our first date, what, was it? the span of time span was a very long time. So I think that said something from the very beginning. Yes. Okay. So it was a great time, you know, whatever, whatever. So we'll fast forward a bit. So then, you know, we became boyfriend and girlfriend several months later in September, you know. August. So, okay. August. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Here I am. Stupid. Ugly. Um... I might be sleeping outside tonight. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so whatever. So yeah, okay, let, let's unpack this a little. So here we are talking about, you know, us meeting. Um, but, you know, the purpose of this podcast, talking about travel kind of thing. So can we talk more about, you know, you mentioned briefly, you got your TEFL certificate. Yeah. So you graduate Long Beach with a degree in... Economics. Economics with a... Minor in environmental science and policy. Minor, okay, let, let's, let's rewind a little. So we're in the year... What year? That we graduated college. Not we, because I'm older than her. So when okay. I say we, you know, whatever. So you graduated. So I graduated with my bachelor's degree in December of 2019. So it was the okay. very end of the year. Okay. How about this? Let's, before we go to the TEFL. So because my podcast being about making moves and traveling kind of thing, your first experience, let's, let's go into that briefly. Your first experience abroad as a travel experience, not necessarily living abroad, occurred when? And where did you go? My first solo travel experience? No, not solo. Solo, just at any time. What was the first time leaving the country? Leaving the country? What was the first time you put that passport to use? Okay. I don't know if this counts, but what? I was a kid. My mom and dad are, like, very obsessed with cruises. Okay. Um, so the most convenient cruise for us is, you know, Mexico. It's, what, three, four days? My parents lived more for, like, the cruise experience, not so much for the destination. So we've done the same Mexico cruise, like, literally eight times in our lifetimes. So I would say that was my first time okay. putting my passport well, how, how old were you? And do, um, do you remember the first time that you yeah. were abroad? Because me, no. I was at a young age, my first time abroad. I don't remember it. So do you remember and how old were you? Okay, so I was, I believe, six or seven years old. Because this was my first cruise experience also. I ha happened to be going to Mexico out of the country. But I'm not sure if I remember getting off the boat and like actually seeing Mexico. Whatever. Just, just for the that's sake of it was. the travel conversation. Yeah. That was the first time. Okay. That was my so, first time abroad and I have a souvenir from it. So I, I that makes me remember okay. what happened. So then we go into, let's just fast forward because... You know, another time we could talk about the holiday, but, you know, I want to talk about more about the living abroad kind of thing. So, you, okay, bef you know, I mentioned TEFL, but let's let's go back a little more. Let's go take a little trip down memory okay. lane. Okay? <laughs> so, before you graduated college, you had spent a semester abroad in, in England. Yes. Which, say what y'all will, you know, living abroad, is it really living abroad? Yes, it is. But, you know, maybe it's in a more controlled yeah. environment. That doesn't matter. So, this is your first time spending more than, we'll say, a week. Yeah. Abroad, okay. correct. Okay. So where did you live? In correct, England? I did live abroad for more than a week when I studied abroad. No, I understood. I'm saying before, I'm saying this is the first time that you have lived, yes, yes, that you yes. have been abroad at, at one time longer than a week, yeah. is what I'm saying, because you actually lived there. So so you lived where? 
So I lived in a city called Leicester. Um, I know for a lot of non-Brits, maybe you don't know where that is. Well, if you're a it's, soccer it's, fan, yes, yes. That's what I was going to say. Okay. If you're a soccer Don't fan, even act like you know. If you're a soccer fan, uh, before, even if I'm not a soccer fan, I know soccer fans know of Leicester because of the soccer team, or should I say football. And, and what did they time. do? They won the league in 2016, so I know that. Okay, hold up. Before before we go to Chavin, okay, the, the, these guys, these Leicester boys, Leicester Foxes, they, in the Premier League, not to, this isn't a sports podcast, but you know, we're going to make it a sports podcast real quick. They had 5,000 to 1 odds of winning the Premier League. They're not too far removed from, you know, being in the league below kind of thing. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Basically... In, in the Premier League in England, if you're not one of the top six, it's very difficult to win the league because of money. So the, these, these, these cats, foxes rather, they, <laughs> they won the league in, in 2016, which defied all odds. And I think it's one of the greatest sports comeback. It's not even a comeback. Whatever it is, the greatest sports, whatever that verb, not verb, whatever that noun is. They won the league. They beat the likes of Manchester United, Manchester City, all the boys yeah, that you know. They were the huge sucked. underdogs, though. It was a great underdog story. And I'll tell you a travesty about this. Pearly never went to a game. Okay. Pearly never went to a game. You go to a city, which I know damn well you never heard of Leicester before uh, college. No, you had not. Yeah, I had. <laughs> Listen, you had never heard of it before. You go to a city that is now part of the map, which I had never heard of before because I don't know what's in Leicester. Speaking of other Brits, they're like, Pearly tells them I was studying Leicester. They always say why. So <laughs> that's a story for another time. But the point is, it's a place that's not on the map. And it's now put on the map if you're a soccer fan or even if not. And you didn't go to a game, which we'll divide okay, dive into. Yes, we'll but listen, this. okay, before you before you go to more to Leicester, the question, why Leicester though? So, w w like, you, you said you just dove into, at this time, I went to Leicester. But why? did you? Was there a competition between Leicester versus, you know, Hampstead, Maryland? I don't know. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm like, <laughs> funny joke. Well, what was in these kinds of, um, the realm of right. the destinations? And how, what did you study there? What, you know, I'd like to go into that. Okay. So, I just want to say that before studying abroad, I had never even gone on an airplane by myself before all of my traveling had been with my family unless it was like little road trips with my friends within the state of california like things like that so i was very jumping into the unknown when i was applying to study abroad and so at the time when i was studying abroad or applying to study abroad it was what my last semester of my junior year of college and so i remember applying and I had always known in the back of my mind that I wanted to study abroad at some point in my college career one because it's like why would you not do that especially if you're in an exchange program that means you're not paying for like additional tuition fees or anything like that it's not like anything's being taken away from you you're just simply switching you're exchanging with another student from whatever um, school you study abroad in they come to your school you go to their school you're Basically, the school's not losing anything, so you're not paying anything. So I remember at the time of ap applying, um, I had gone to like study abroad workshops um, in school and everything like that. And I had learned that a lot of countries where if you don't, they don't speak English, 
you were required to take like several semesters of that foreign language. language. Yeah. 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 So I remember my first decision, uh, my first choice was Italy. Um, I didn't even know anything much about Italy, but I just knew like, oh, um, I think it was called Travestir, Rome. That was the, that was the place in Rome? Rome? Yeah. And I remember it was called John Cabot University. Oh, and John I had, Cabot. Cabot, sorry. Yeah, he's an explorer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't know that. Anyway, I had followed the Instagram pages and everything. I was so excited. I was like, oh, I will, I'm so excited to be going to Italy, to be roaming, you know, these cool streets of Rome, things like that. Roaming Rome. Roaming Rome. Nice. That could be another name for a podcast. Right. Anyway. Okay, anyway yeah. But then I found out you needed like four semesters of Italian. To... Which you didn't have at that time. I did not have, I didn't have any time, but yeah. <laughs> well, but, but, okay, what you studied abroad at what, junior year? It was the first semester of my senior year. So yeah, like it wouldn't have been feasible. It's not even like. I think I, at that time, actually, I had taken one semester of Italian. But, or but, two, maybe. But in the sense, though, it's not like, oh, oh shit, I have to take three semesters like no no yeah. I, i'm at the first semester senior year i'm graduating in the yeah. spring first it's like the hell i, don't I can have, take i don't have enough yeah. time to be able to take all of these semesters understand, understand. and i didn't want to do like all of that extra work well, to you, be honest i don't think you could though yeah yeah because i was already at the end of my junior year yeah unless unless you take a uh, fifth year yeah no okay to be honest maybe it wasn't four semesters maybe it was like two semesters of italian either way it was like extra work i had to put in so that really limited my um options to english-speaking countries which were australia and england um maybe other ones were in there but it wasn't you know pertaining to my major so i was looking at all of the options i had for schools in Australia and England, it ended up coming down to University of Wollongong in Wollongong in Australia and University of Leicester, which in England, I think I did have a lot of options, but I think I ended up choosing the one that had like the most aesthetic pictures. Because <laughs> like, what can I base my Well, Leicester is prettier but, than Wollongong. But I was looking at the campus pictures. No, like in, in terms of England. Oh. But... No, before, I should have said that, like, University of Wollongong was my first choice after the whole Italy thing had yes, yes. broken down. Um, so that was my first choice. I had even gotten contact with, like, my relatives in Australia. They had even come to visit. They were from Sydney. They're Which also who do you have? What? You have cousins there? or I have, it's, like, my mom's cousins. Who are, okay. My basically, my mom's uncle and all of his sons and daughters. Wollongongians. No, Sydneyans. 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 Which Sydney and Wollongong, I think, are close to each other. That's what they kept telling me. And then I think that gave my parents a peace of mind to letting me study abroad because maybe they were nervous about that. They were all saying, yeah, and they were saying, like, if anything, you have relatives that are living in Sydney, they could help you and blah, 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 blah. Because, I don't know, my sister was telling me that they never let her study abroad when she was my age at that time, so... I think this was a whole big deal for them. To pitch it to them. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we literally had dinner with them and everything, and they were telling me all the stuff about it, blah, blah, blah. And then I had found out that the school year in Australia began in, what is it, July, which is, it's really weird. It's, like, July to November. That's the first Is it semester. because it's, like, reverses in... Their summers are winter kind of thing, whereas in like it their summer, like that. I'm doing air quotes, everyone for that cannot see me. Like their summer vacation would be November to yeah, exactly whatever. because okay. I think 
the equivalent of our June might be their December. Of course. Of Polar opposites, something like that. Yeah. So at that time, I had already had a planned vacation to Hawaii with my friends that was going to happen in August. And we had already booked that like months ahead, months before that. So you're about to dip from Hangers. <laughs> I literally dipped Just from... Australia. I literally dipped from Australia because of this Hawaii trip. I mean, I could have moved the Hawaii trip, but I think it was just, I wasn't so stuck on Australia, really. It's just, I was very flexible. It's not like I was so gung-ho about one specific place that I wanted to study abroad in. It was more so I was just flexible. I just wanted to study abroad, period. Didn't really yes. matter where. Yes. Um. So now that Australia was out of the window, it was my England options. And from there, it was like University of Coventry. What was that? That's Wales, isn't it? Coventry? No, no, no. That's Midlands oh, as well. It's, it's oh. close to Leicester. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> I, I, my English geography is very bad. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Brit Excuse that Blame one. Him. Excuse that one. Okay. Yeah. So, I think I looked at the pictures of the canvases because I didn't really know what to base my decision off of at all. I had nothing. I knew nothing about England. I had never been there before. My, what I had known about England was like, oh, it's so gray and rainy. And they're colonizers. Sure. That was they're colonizers. on the front of my mind. But that was like, at this point, I think it was like, oh, now Italy is gone. Australia is gone. Those were like more, more of my front runners. Yeah, now you got and now it's like, yeah. oh, I have to like go to England. But you know what? It's a study abroad experience. Whatever. Like, it'll be fun regardless, I think. Like... I actually don't know. I've never really traveled alone before. Um, but you know what? It'll be a fun experience. At least they speak English. It won't be too much of a culture shock. I hope I do. think. <laughs> I think. Like, I don't know about all that. But yeah, go ahead. Um, so yeah. So at the end of the day, I finalized my offer to University of Leicester. It was a whole application process. I had to do a bunch of essays and things like that. Um, but yeah. So I had jetted off to Leicester in September of 2018 and wow so yeah. five-year reunions coming up exactly it's crazy that it's been that long and like I'm still in touch with all the people that I met in well not all the people but the group of friends that I made every single there. person in your classes you're still in touch with them no okay, okay. my group of friends okay. blah, blah, blah. anyway so yeah so all right how about this okay so Yes, we have. We fast forward to to England, and I, I'm also interested so much in the classes. You know, as you know, study You're abroad. Not... <laughs> I've spoken to many people that has taught abroad kind of thing, or not taught abroad, um, studied abroad kind of mm -hmm. thing, and yes, the classes, whatever. But my questions are: so England being your first experience, this is your first time abroad in a sense that you are living abroad. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying you're, um, you know, not living under a rock, but you are you haven't experienced things because you, you have been to places you know you've been to right. what, taiwan and china and you've been to these places kind of thing but this is the first time that mommy and daddy aren't there exactly. you know, protect a little pole we over here so what i'm yeah. saying is you you are in a foreign place granted they speak english but what are some of the culture shocks if any that you felt being in england yes they are, are the mother tongue and i mean it's england you know but but england is not it's not canada like U.S. Right. and Canada, there's a lot more similarities than U.S. to England. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what are some things that, in, how long were you there exactly? I was there for about three months. Three months. Okay. So really not that much time. Yeah, but enough time to experience some things. So what, like, how about this? What was the biggest 
like your first um, thoughts of being in England. Like, okay, you get off the plane. Mm-hmm. Give me the first week. You don't have to tell me every little thing that happened in that first week. But yeah. as in, like, more like, oh, wow, like, this is the U.S., huh? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, could you dive into that a little? Yeah. So, I really had no expectations of what this was going to be like. Like, literally, I was coming in by myself. I knew zero people going into this. I have no idea what England is like. I have no idea what British people are like, like other than, you know, in the movies. So I remember my first experience of culture shock was still while I was in the airplane. Because I remember next to me on the flight was a British person. <laughs> so I remember that was already like, like, oh my gosh, like this is becoming real. Like I'm hearing British accents like in person, blah, 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 blah. They were talking to you. They weren't talking to me. No, you heard them like, speaking to each other. They were talking to each other or they're on the phone. What do they smell like? gross like like fish cigarettes and, chips? and fish and chips, fish and chips. okay yeah Pinky blinders. <laughs> go ahead yeah okay and then when it finally hit me was when we were about to land and as soon as we were getting closer to um descent i saw that the cars below me were driving on the uh, other side of the uh, road uh, and that's when i was like oh my gosh like, like we're not in kansas i'm anymore. in a completely different world I know. I think I was very being very dramatic. It was like, oh my gosh, like I'm an alien here. Like everything's so opposite. Like everything's so wrong. It's not right. Because I saw. But see, I think that's so dramatic though, because like, you know, the other countries. I actually don't know the percentage of what what percent of the world drives on the other side. A small percentage. Is it though? Yeah, majority definitely is. Do you know that for sure? Yes, I know for sure. Okay, then we'll say that. But as in, like, you go to Europe. We'll say Europe specifically. All those people are driving on the same side as we, yeah. but they all speak different languages kind of thing. So is it, it's not, I don't think that's so dramatic coming in for the first time in your life. Because me, I don't know how many countries I've been to where the, mm-hmm. you know, the 40, 41 countries I've been to, I think it's like, what, three countries where it's on the other side? Mm-hmm. So like, I, I've never actually thought of that. Like where you do do a descent where it's like, oh God, like they're driving. Oh, that's actually correct here. You know what I mean? Something yeah, that's so dramatic, but yeah. Okay. I guess so. But it's just like, I think I was freaking out at that point where it's like, Oh, this is like coming all to life now. Like at this point, it's like, oh, I've just been, you know, blah. But then now it's really coming to life that right, I'm right, studying right. abroad. I'm going to be living in a brand new country that I've never stepped foot in for three months. I remember thinking in the back of my head, I was kept being like, I'm going to hate it. What if I hate it? If anything. Because the car's on the side of the road. Not because of that, <laughs> but just I had no expectations and I was scared. I've never done anything like this before. And I really kept thinking, like, oh, what if I hate it? If I do hate it, at least I have my own dorm. I could, like, just stay in there. <laughs> just, I wow. really, like, worst case scenario. Like, on the airplane coming in. Not on the airplane coming in. Oh. Just, like, the whole process before I came. Like, I was like, what if I hate it? What if I hate it? Blah, blah, blah. Like, things like that. Okay. Um, yeah, so that was my biggest culture shock. And to be honest, that might have been, like, the biggest culture shock of the whole thing. I'm driving on the other side of well, the road. Well, it is which because, is a big deal. yeah. I mean, they speak English, so that's okay. But let's not but, okay into cro- like crossing the other side, just crossing the road. That yeah. in itself is different. Like you know, here we are looking back. You know, like not looking back, looking back in the U.S. Like or anywhere else that you've been, where they drive on the road, the side of the road that we're accustomed to. Yeah, we're looking. You're so used to looking yes. at. Yeah, I, I've had that where it's like get honked because it's like oh shit, like there actually is someone else coming. <laughs> like oh, I forgot to look. Was it right two times kind of thing? Like, yeah, no, like, that's not. It's like the little things like that. That really that's not a little thing. So, but that's so big. I guess, but you think it's a little thing, but it's so ingrained in your mind because when you're walking around, like out and about, 
it's just little things like that. It's like a habit. You look at one side of the road. Well, did you ever have, which I feel like is so cliche, I don't think has ever happened to me, but like where you get into the front seat of a car and it's like you think you're getting into... Yes. Did that happen to you? Because whenever we would go on nights out, we would get Ubers. And like whoever is in the front seat would have to go into the, the, the passenger seat. But then... Okay, to be honest, my all my friends were American. They would we would always make the same mistake, each of us, like going into the driver's seat in their mind, which is the one closest no, to the yeah, curb. That's funny. So it's like you have to rewire your brain. You have to go around the curb. That's the passenger seat. So it's just so Well, awesome. I'm saying did it ever happen where like like okay, let's say you in you or your friends opened what you thought was the front passenger seat and you open it and there's a person there. Yeah, it's like whenever oh, we would have Ubers. Oh shit! You oh, this is yeah, the driver's seat. Like, oh my god! Like, yeah, 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 and then yeah. we have to remind ourselves, like, oh, we're in a place that does it differently. But that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there were times where like I would almost get hit by a car because I didn't look oh, yeah. right way. That's things like that, and it's not even just the car thing. When you're walking on the sidewalk in the street, they or walk on the other side yeah, also. Escalators. Um, so it's like so many things. It's not just the car thing. Because yeah, at the end of the day, it is like uh, it's a way of life. Is in left, right, right, left. Exactly. Where, yeah, I mean, and we just you know, I feel like for Brits, they're more, especially because Brits, I feel like are as a whole are traveling more than Americans. There's so many more Americans. So the the U.S. is so big, kind of thing. But like when a Brit. Like, because Europe is right there. When they go abroad, they're, they're used to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because every country that they're going to go to within the Euro- European is different atmosphere, I think, other than what? Cyprus and... Is Malta? <laughs> Maybe Malta's in there, so I don't know. But you yeah. go there and it's like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. This, so this is... You know what I mean? So, like, they experience more so that kind of shock where they're more right. used to it. Where for us, you know, you go... Because they're in the minority. And, yes. Where we go to England or Japan or whatever and you go and it's like, oh... It is the other side. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay. So, okay. So, about England. Um, yeah, so, like, what what were your your thoughts on it? Did you... I know you had told me that you had... On your weekends, you, you mostly traveled right. abroad kind of thing. But you have spent some time in England. So, like, what is... What, what are your thoughts on England? You, you like it? You like, like, the, the scenery, the food, the people as a whole? Do you recommend England as a country to travel to for... For Americans or for whoever, you know, just like what 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 are your your experiences with England? Where so have you England been? England itself. Um, so when I was studying abroad, we did you know take several trips to London, of course. I think when we had first arrived in England, it was spending days in London. Which is how far from Leicester? Like driving wise, three to four hours. Oh, that's fine. On the train, I think it's like one and a half hours. If the train's not delayed. If the train's not delayed, or. It doesn't exist. Or yeah, this is some shade towards whatever y'all got in the British. Uh, yeah, because for how expensive they blow. the British okay. transportation is, trash. it sucks. It's literally trash. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. So, yeah. Yeah, so my first impression of England was, you know, in London. I think I thought, like, oh, compared to, like, all the big cities in the U.S., I feel like it's a lot cleaner, Um, to be honest. Well, to be fair, I was in the you know, touristy areas. So I don't know, maybe that says like it's cleaner in the cleaner areas. Um, But I remember thinking, at least this is compared to where I live in California, in LA specifically, I remember thinking like, oh, like all of the houses are so old looking, like everything has so much history, like everything is made out of red brick. Everything has like, like all of the museums I go to, like 
things here are like way older than even the country of America of the United States. It's just things like that. I feel like there was just so much more history. Which let me chime in. It's just funny because um Okay, so we took Perley and I took uh um our winter break here in Turkey. We went to England and you know, Perley is just, you know, me coming from the East Coast in Maryland, which again is older than the West Coast in terms of the architecture mm-hmm. and you know, we are yeah, more like fair. the new New England, as you will, kind of thing. Which, yes, of course, England is the the root and the uh, the origin and the the original architecture. But Pearly just walking around, like in awe of, like, oh my god, like that thing is so beautiful. And to me, it's like, eh? I mean, that literally looks like any town back home, kind of thing. Because, like, like even Baltimore or wherever we are. Not to say it's not beautiful, but it's just like it's more for Pearly, like new. At, well again being old but as in like a new experience mm-hmm. f- for you but for me it's like this yeah. literally looks like owings mills maryland which for all y'all that know it or don't know it, whatever but just just any like town in maryland or or suburb of baltimore or anywhere on the east coast it's like yeah whatever i mean we have this back home kind of thing but but you coming from west coast where i don't know just maybe exactly. architecture isn't like that that's why it's funny where pearly might find those english things more pretty and i don't know if you'd say stunning but like those kind of things where for me it's like this could literally be westminster yeah. Maryland. well that's you know why I, that's why i specified like me coming from california course, and course, la course, specifically i just want to a little interject yeah because i feel like in la all of the houses in the neighborhoods at least you know the average ones not like the rich ones are just like little one-story copy and paste copy and paste copy and paste houses like that's what it looks like there and then when you do go to downtown LA, it is like, you know, modern buildings, skylines, all those things, just like New York City, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like in England, all of the buildings had like, you know, a lot more history. They looked older. And mind you, I've never, I had never really gone to the East Coast before that as well, other than like DC. So really, it was like my first time seeing like, ooh, old buildings. It looks so nice. Old, bit, like, old buildings as in buildings that attract tourism? Or are you saying like the Joe Schmo building that Joe, Schmo, Joe Schmo's living Joe Schmo building. Okay, the Joe Schmo apartment complex, the Joe yeah. Schmo townhouses. Okay. Like I was literally fascinated by every building, even the most average building. Because our university dorms, when I studied abroad, were in these converted mansions that we would all share. And even those, I was like, oh my gosh. Like me and the other Americans, it was like, oh my gosh, like... This is what houses used to look like. It's like so old. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. No, even though they're so that. average to like British people, and also just like the countryside, like the old cottages, just things like that. Like I don't know, it was just so new to me. I think that's why yes. to you, yes. England is very familiar. It is, which again, I, the, the, people that listen to this, you know, especially the ones that know me from back home, kind of thing, like Black Rock Road, like rural Maryland, en route from. My count, my Carroll County rural ass area to Baltimore. That drive literally looked <laughs> like tit for tat of what it looked like driving to Oxford and Cambridge, which Pearly finds pretty. Which again, it is pretty when you really sit down and think about it. But having driven that road for me a million, a million damn mm-hmm. times, it's like, oh, England, like it this like is where you live. This is why they call it New England. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah. I'm not from New England, but you know what I'm saying? Like the original thirteen colonies, like. It looks the same. Yeah, like, exactly. I can't imagine being a colonist and be like, "Damn, this new world looked like 
is this a new world? This looks like England. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, but no, it it does have its it's pretty, but it's more like with you, what you might find in LA. I've just never seen anything like that before. I think that's what I'm saying. Is in like if I go visit you in LA, kind of thing, and I find something where it's like so far into me, it's like oh my god, it's so pretty. But for you, it's like, uh, yeah, that's just the town next door. You know what I'm saying? So it, it is it is that thing. But okay, so England with that. So. Okay, let, 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 talking about England, you know, so you had a great time. Of course, I had the best time. Like, I still look back and think so fondly of those memories. Like, I know we'll never be in that place and time ever again. Yeah, so which, it's just, has a special place in my heart, and it always will. Which I, I envy it, because, you know, my mom, shout out, Monica. <laughs> um, <laughs> she pushed me to study abroad. I never did. And, you know, that's yeah, my biggest dumbest it, No, it was. It was so stupid. My mom studied in Madrid, and... You know, she studied in what the eighties, and you know, lived for it, loved it. Yeah, X, Y, and Z. Matthew, do it. Matthew, do it. Matthew, do it. Why would you not do it? Stupid. Again, stupid. if you're not paying a whole bunch of tuition for oh, this foreign know, school, then quiet. why not? Stupid, stupid. I remember stupid. because um, before I had applied to study abroad, I was going to do it with my roommate Ji Young, and we were both going to do the same university in Wollongong. But she had decided to opt out of studying abroad because she decided to buy a car instead. And I remember thinking in my mind, like, you can buy a new car whenever you want. This is the only time in it your is. life that you can no, study yeah. abroad. So why would you not take that opportunity? And I feel like I just think, why wouldn't more people study abroad? It's such a fraction of the student yeah, body I'm an idiot. that does it. Because my... It. So to yeah. me, it's always mind-boggling. Like, why would you not do it? But and my idea was yeah. FOMO. And it's like, you idiot, like, you have, what, eight semesters to make moves to whatever it is that you do at the university. You can't give up one. I didn't go to community college. I went to university straight up, so I had for eight semesters. For yeah. four years, I had eight semesters. Oh, what? Because I couldn't give up one weekend at the bars or whatever it is, yeah, a party time? you could spend a Saturday with the boys. That's stupid, so stupid. You could spend a Saturday with the boys in another country, so. Amen. You could have done the it's, same thing in another it's country. It's idiotic. Like, here I am, 41 countries deep, and as I said, you know, my move, my, my mission is to see every country in the world. Who knows what, if my journey had started earlier, you know, doing study abroad kind of thing. I could have spent... Instead of a weekend at College Park, Maryland, going to the same damn bars that we go to every damn weekend. You could have been I could in have Bogota, been... Colombia. Okay. Or well, Phuket's Thailand. Okay. Somewhere. I, I would have studied right in Europe. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I would have done a weekend in Bogota or Phuket. <laughs> I would have done a weekend maybe in uh, Bulgaria. Weekend here kind of thing. I'm just, I'm so pissed at myself. But, okay, let, let's, let's, let's close the chapter real quick on... Um, on England kind of thing. Because, you know, what I'm very interested with you is, and yes, we have some of the same experiences, but a lot of that we don't in terms of living abroad. So England being the first place, but England, again, being such a controlled environment, you didn't live in Leicester. Right. You lived in on a campus. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. So let, let's shift gears to South Korea. So you graduated, you said, in what year? In 2019. 2019. So bachelor's. a year after you studied abroad. Yes. Okay. So would you say... That that year studying abroad influenced you, as in like, man, like I, I, because you, you got, just, just don't go so much into like all the memories that you have, but like, what countries did you visit in the time that you were in England? Um, so I had gone to Scotland, okay. France, okay. Switzerland, Italy, Iceland. That's all I think. Okay, so we'll say five countries. Five countries that right. you made the most of your time during weekends, kind of thing. 
And you had a great experience with that, right? Of course. Because it is what? Seeing other places, seeing yeah. other cultures, seeing other languages. And did that spark something in your mind or your, I don't know, a passion for travel kind of thing where you're like, oh, wow, like there are other places out there that don't speak English. There are other places mm-hmm. out there that they did you. Um, I wouldn't say that it was my, like, these random weekend trips to other countries that inspired me to live abroad in another country again. I think it was more just the experience of just living abroad. So I would say my whole study abroad experience living in England inspired me. It made, it confirmed to me that I knew that I was capable of taking myself out of my home environment and placing myself in a completely new one where I knew nobody and knew completely nothing about the place I was going to be living in. Things like that where I could be placed in a completely new place. And I knew that I could do that. And I knew I had a great time doing that when I studied abroad in England, which I knew nothing about beforehand. So I knew I could do that again. So it wasn't really more so like, oh, I love travel. I love all of these, you know, places where they don't speak the language, things like that. I think it was just more like I wanted a new experience. I wanted to be in a new environment. An unknown. And when I was applying for the TEFL certificate and applying to move abroad to South Korea, this was in like the midst of COVID. This was in the year 2020 when everything was going down. And I think especially at that moment, I had also finished school. I had really nothing going on for me. I think it was especially at that time I was saying I really want to just be in a new environment. And at what other time in my life would I be able to do this other than right now where I literally have no more school. I don't have a career yet. I have no husband, family, blah, blah, blah. Like, I could, I should literally do this right now. Okay. So okay. that was what So here we go. Okay. So you did a little segue into it. So the countries during, okay, COVID, like, what were, what were the countries that you were looking at where it was? Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to, you know, live in another country. I do want to teach English, which, okay, I'm going to branch off my own little question. So, why teach English as a foreign language? Because is this was this your gateway to do that um, thing abroad? Or um, so actually, the inspiration for what I why I did this was because I already had a close friend of mine. Shout out Maddie, um, who was actually a friend I met in study abroad, who was at that time already teaching abroad in Korea. So. That was really what sparked my whole interest in this whole TEFL certificate thing and everything. She had also recommended me the same TEFL Academy to enroll in. And so that was really why I had done that. Um, Other than that, I was looking at, I think, Taiwan, Japan. So it was these three top countries. And I had been doing my research beforehand on countries that I would love to, you know, teach abroad in. And these were the countries that I think provided the most benefits in terms of salary, housing, airfare, etc. And so South Korea just ended up being the top runner for me. And there were just so many people in my TEFL Academy that had experience teaching abroad in Korea. So I just was able to speak to a lot more people that were having that experience at that time. And there were just a lot more, um, what is it? things that the academy was able to provide me with like such as recruiters and help with contracts in terms of south korea they just had a lot more information about south korea and i think that's what just led me to 
go for that. And yeah, I was pretty flexible as to where I was gonna go. It's you not like I was so gung ho. Yeah, again, just like how I was applying to study abroad. I just, I just knew I wanted to be abroad. It didn't really matter where. And this is at a time in my life where it's like I literally had nothing going on in my life. Like I just want to find something fast, and I just whatever comes at me, like I'll take it, kind of thing. That was my mindset. So. Yeah, that's how I ended up in Korea. Okay, so let's talk about Korea. So okay. we had mentioned arriving in England and experiencing some culture shock, if any. But Korea would be a lot different. Korea is a completely different language. Mm-hmm. Korea is a completely different script in terms of writing. You know, you go to... France, Spain, Germany, anywhere. So you don't have to speak the damn mm-hmm. language, but you at least you could sound it out because you could a read D, a D in thing. French, a D in Spanish, a D in German will be the D it is in English. Right. But you go, well, but you, okay, I say culture shock, but you've been in China and Thailand before, but not saying that's the same. No, no, no. But you had been to somewhere that it is a different script, but you were with your parents kind of thing who exactly. speak that. Those so languages. I didn't yes. have that experience of being so confused and lost in those countries it didn't matter if it had, like, the foreign script or not. Like, my dad could read it, so right. it was, like, my eyes. And so a, f- a further step, you're arriving in a country during COVID, mm-hmm. which a country that you and I both know, and for, for the audience as well. I mean, these in, in Asia, some of these Asian countries... We're so anal about... More so than the U.S., yes. you know what I mean? Like, you, you go to the U.S., and, I mean, y'all remember COVID kind of thing, or some of these other countries that maybe listeners might be from, but... I mean, you know, okay, we'll say strict, but it's not like what it is, you know, in Korea or whatever. So, so it's, it's go into that. Like, you you get on the airplane. And well, well, mind you, you know, probably touched a little bit. You know, uh, Korea had a two-week quarantine in place, which this wasn't a quarantine that you could play around with. This yeah, was, uh... wasn't like back home, which what was it? A little quarantine. We're like, okay, yeah, do the quarantine, please. This yeah, is more exactly. like... Oh, you're gonna do the damn quarantine. We're gonna deport your ass or fine you. Yeah, we're gonna fine you. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So two weeks in. Well, for me, it was two weeks in the apartment that I ended up living in in Korea. But you was a hotel. So for me, it was a hotel. Um. So, so of course, before arriving in Korea, I had already known there were gonna be all of these so really strict uh, restrictions with. COVID, at least compared to the US. I know the US like did go to lockdown as well, but at least I was free to like leave my house and go for walks as long as we stayed what six feet away from each other, from other people. That was what lockdown was. But in Korea, as soon as you step foot, you have to, well, even before you leave for the flight, you have to present a PCR test that is valid from what, 36, 72, whatever. It was a certain amount of time. And I remember just being so stressed out. There are all of these like forums, Facebook pages that like walk you through the process because it was just so that so complicated of a process that you had to get completely right. And I remember um, talking to other people in the same situation as me that had gone through the same um, TEFL Academy that I think one girl, she like missed the her COVID test was like invalid invalid because because it was too late. Or something, something so trivial in these like little details that like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But to because them, of those does. things, she missed her flight. She had to find a new one, things like that, and it was just little things like that. And I remember 
and then we had to go arrive in the airport. They take her temperature and everything, which mine was too high. So I had to like be detained for literally like 10 hours. But anyway, at the end of the day, welcome to Korea. Welcome to Korea. That was my first experience being detained in the airport. Um, in like, anyway. So my first two weeks in Korea were, you know, quarantining. At least mine was in a hotel. I had, you know, I didn't, I wasn't in, in an apartment like others. And I was getting, you know, like three meals a day from the government, blah, blah, blah. My hotel had a balcony, things like that. So I would say that my first experience in Korea in quarantine was a pretty positive one. I think I gained a very good first impression of Korea through that quarantine because it's like, wow at that moment i thought like wow korea is like really doing this COVID thing so well like they have they have such a system in place like they have the government sending meals to me three times a day right on the dot of the clock and i had this balcony my school's paying for this quarantine things like that it was a very good time man yes May, okay so pearly is here talking about how quarantine for her was the best two years of her life my whole experience uh yeah so i get to korea i didn't get detained whatever but so i spent two weeks in the apartment that i was going to be living in which my apartment was i thought pretty kick-ass pearly's apartment for uh, the end of the day was uh, a poopy hole (laughs) i was like but anyways whatever so i spent the two weeks at this this my apartment which did not have a balcony you know had a window i could stick (laughs) my head out i guess not the best view actually kind of a view but pearly here talking about oh yeah they fed us three meals a day yeah no that's what i thought that's what i thought instead um and i think my employers the school thought that i would be getting that too i got a care package i think the first day and they fired me up with you know ramen uh i don't know like little like eggs <laughs> listen or maybe my employers it. bought that i don't know but so i ate it you know like Eating good, you know, like a king kind of thing. Then comes day four or five, my supply is dwindling. Which I'm wondering, where the hell is the two two meals a day kind of thing? Like, Did was, they tell you beforehand that you were going to be getting two meals a day? Uh, yes, because of what you got, okay? That's what I was told. <laughs> so then it starts becoming where it's like I'm literally rationing my food because I realize food isn't coming. So it's like... Am I about to die in this country? I haven't even left the apartment. So I had eggs for meals three times a day. Which how many times? How many ways can you do eggs? Did you have a pan at least? Like I had a, a pan. pan. That doesn't matter. So don't don't, tr- don't try to make this you know, whatever. Okay, I've had two ways to do it: I know fried and I know a little omelet thingy. You can just scrambled eggs. You can That's what I mean by omelet. That's what I, mean. I don't want to boil eggs. You boil them. In now I do. Now I do. It doesn't. I have a pot. <laughs> I had a pan. I got a bullet okay. in the hand. Yeah, you can. Okay. Anyway. So the point is, it's like I feel like I'm f- camping in the middle of God knows where. Like, oh my God, this is yellow jackets. This is the stuck <laughs> in the Himalayas. My plane crashing on the Amazon. What am I gonna do? I hope someone knows that I'm here. That's how I felt. Well, okay. so here you yeah, are in a four-star <laughs> hotel making moves, doing this and that. Where I'm over here, like, I just want to say my box is also looking out into the water. And mine was uh uh. What? A Chinese <laughs> restaurant across the street. Not Korean because we're in Korea. A Chinese restaurant and they're trash. That's they're what trash? it was. No, it was they a dumpster. They are trash or they're no, trash? No, the dumpster. Oh. There's okay. really a dumpster and then the Chinese restaurant. Okay. The Chinese restaurant was boring as hell to look at. Because I lived outside the city, I think no one ever went right. there. 
So I'm trying to like, yo, stimulate me. Can I see someone kind of thing? Nothing. Stimulate. Well, I need some stimulation. I need to look at something. I need to whatever. You had your Ray Donovan at the end. Yeah, whatever. whatever. <laughs> this doesn't matter. But, okay, so your quarantine, whatever. Okay, so you did your quarantine. But so you're you're into gen pop. General population. Okay. Did you figure out what that was? <laughs> did you know what that was? No. Uh, okay. Gen pop, you know. For, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. So you're in Korea. What What are some things that were like, oh, whoa, this is not the U.S. I mean, granted, you had traveled before, but like, oh, whoa, this is... Uh, unique to Korea, or is this something where it's like, oh, I'm in a different country, <laughs> other than the script? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, what was something? Smells, the food you tried, um, mannerisms with Koreans. I don't know something. Well, granted, we were living there during COVID times, so I feel like our experience in Korea was completely different than like the average typical experience of living in Korea would have been. Um, well, I just know that they were so anal with COVID. So I knew from the get-go, Korea was so about the rules. They were so strict about the rules, whether if it was about COVID, it was with the job, it's with the government. Everything is just so by the rules and everyone is so just expected to follow those rules. So I knew then everything is about like the book. And I remember just in quarantine, it's like we had to record our temperature on our Ugh. phones twice a day and it had to be at the same time every day i think otherwise they call you so i remember just thinking that like oh that's how it is in korea like everything is just so like that like by the minute and just because of that that they're so by the rules that there is such so much trust in the people in korea and i feel like i saw that just by little things like the self-serve ice cream stores where there's literally no worker in the stores you're free to just get the ice creams you want, you scan those, you go, that's it. And everyone's trusted to not completely Which, loot yeah, the store. It's, it's refreshing because... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Pearl and I are talking. I think I can name two countries that will get away with that. I've never been to Japan, but that's what I've heard Japan is like. Mm-hmm. I think Japan and Korea, Singapore, I don't know. Like I think every yeah. other country in the world, granted I have not been to these countries, but the countries I have been, Knowing how humanity is, not like not saying humanity is shitty. I'm not saying that, but in terms of the honor system, like if you put this in the U.S., that thing would be pillaged. I've lived in in Spain, that would be pillaged in Spain. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you give humans an opportunity where it is okay. You be honorable in this setting. How many? I mean, I would, but I'm saying like other people, and I think the vast majority of people would, but the minority. Of those people that wouldn't obey that, that is what reflects on that you could not have this concept of a store. Yeah, exactly. To be fair, they do have, you know, a thing called CCTVs in Korea. So I think that was another reason why everything was so kept in check. But going with a mask, going with any way that robbers or looters do it, anything back home, how would CCTV catch them? Like that. Yeah, that's true. I think it's just in their culture. It is. Everyone just trusts one another and you don't really, you're not really skeptical of someone. You don't think someone's going to rob you. You're, you know, you just trust everyone. You think it's safe. You don't think anyone's going to take your things. Things like that. Um, Yeah. So I think it has to do with everyone that's playing by the rules. Everyone's just so geared that way. They're brought yes, up to yes, follow yes. the rules. That's just their culture. Yes. So since we don't have a ton of time left, I just I want you to briefly talk about 
what it was like to live in Korea and what it was like to teach there kind of thing. Because you were not there as a tourist, which, you know, your experience would be a lot different than Joe Schmo, which I always say Joe Schmo, but, you know, whatever. Joe Schmo goes to Korea, is there for two weeks. They experience what it is they experience. But you live there. Mm -hmm. You Even the most boring day you had there, you still were living there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So could you just briefly discuss, like, what it was like to have a work-life balance in a country that's not the U.S. I mean, you you literally yeah. were living in Korea. Well, I think my biggest culture shock was, honestly, the job. Um, when I was working there, at least this is from my personal experience, I was working at a Hagwon, which is a private academy for students to learn English. And I just remember the hours were so long. Like, I think this workday is just longer than any average workday in the U.S., uh, as, uh, um, at least among my, like, group of friends, like, or previous jobs that I've had. And I just remember being so burnt out. But I had heard stories of, like, you know, the work culture in Korea just being so intense. With that said, like, school culture is also so intense. I think everyone in Korea just is so accustomed to working so hard. And they don't have a lot of downtime to themselves. They, you know, they're all always constantly stimulating themselves with productivity. And I think that was one of the biggest culture shocks for me while living in Korea. Um, another thing was the public transportation. That was my first time ever living in a place where I had such easy trans- uh, easy access to public transportation. And it was also very efficient. And I think I was so spoiled, you know, my first experience living in a city with public transportation, it was with a very good system. And I took that for granted. And I realized that when, you know, I moved to Istanbul, which we'll get into that later, maybe. Um, but it was so easy to get from one place to another, even to the other side of the country. Flights were so cheap. You could take a bus. You could take the KTX. There were just so many different options for transportation. And it was just it was just very easy to use. And Which, hold up, going into that, you said that people might think, you know, coming from L.A., like, oh, you're in the second biggest city. You've never been on the metro in L.A., right? No, because people <laughs> don't really do that. I, that just blows me, but anyways, continue. Yeah, so being from L.A., there's public transportation is not a thing there. No, so. I don't know. It's, I think L.A., out of all the cities, well... Not For as big of a city as it is. But the way the, LA the is built is it, it caters to drivers. I, yeah, it does, unfortunately. Who, who, you can't use public transport. I think the public transport, I mean, okay, New yeah. York, it's accessible. It's like dirty as hell. I think D.C. is quite good. But, but you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. L.A. being the number two city in the U.S. based on population, it's a travesty. You've never taken the damn metro. You are 26 years old. And that's not that's not a um, a shot at you. It's a shot at the damn L.A. Public transportation—that's yeah, yeah. a joke. Have you even been on an LA public bus? Yes, I have. Okay, you have. Yes, but is it any good? Is every no. line like? And unfortunately, like I think in LA, if you're known to take the bus, it's like you don't have a car, or it's well, like your worst case scenario. That's what you're taking. That's the bus what it's for. made for, kind of thing. But it, but like, but even at convenience, it's not good, anyways, is it? No. Yeah. See, it that's takes that's way a longer. Shame. So yeah, okay. But to piggyback off what you're saying, you know, Korea. Yes, it is. But I think that's how it is a lot of the places outside the U.S. And that's good. No, but created yeah. in terms of efficiency. Yes, in Europe, Euro- European cities weren't built for cars. And that's good. You right. can walk to places and there are the public transport. But Korea is the next level. Mm-hmm. Korea is, with what you're saying, the punctuality. 
punctuality. punctuality. It's air conditioned when it needs to be. It's heated when it needs to be. It comes at the dot. Yeah, just things but like that. But it could be as hell, which... It could be. But yeah, go ahead. Um, Yeah, I think that's it in terms of like... Well, I feel like a lot of my experience like revolves around COVID because at the time, you know, there was curfew at 9 p.m., 8 p.m., yeah, 10 p.m. It always changed and you always had to be up to date with the news about that, which is so annoying. And which... with the group, the maximum, you could be in a maximum of four people. You could be a maximum of six people, eight people. At one point, it was two people. It just always changed. And it was just, and the rules were the always changing. the police, which I'm not an anti-mask by any means because fuck of course. <laughs> but But what I'm saying is like, it just in that country, again, you know, being the, the Korean, they really attributed, okay, so I'm doing a generalization, but like as a whole, I feel like they really attributed COVID with being brought in by foreigners, not right. Koreans. So it's like experiencing the brunt of that kind of thing where it's like, I don't think the Koreans, like okay, when I say mask, please, you'd be on the beach in Busan because Busan's on the water. And at nights, you know, it'd be get a little rowdy on the beach, you know, people drinking out there, blah, blah, blah. There'd be people wearing orange or yellow the neon, like firefighter blowing their whistle at you if you weren't wearing your mask because you're drinking or something. But I never saw them blowing their whistle at the Koreans kind of thing. It was like it was we didn't get the benefit of doubt, which we know whatever kind of thing. But but no, I mean Perley and I's experience, you know I had an amazing time in Korea, you know, it was, yeah. it was a very cherished time. But it is something that like anyone going now Anyone going, but okay, I'm not gonna say that. Now, now is a different experience than where we went because of COVID. But imagine yes. being there before COVID, where it's like the nightlife and everything, where it just the COVID was such a stain on uh, like the it experience. Really just, yeah, like, because it was like these things where you had, it, it became honestly like the damn uh, what's it called prohibition era, mm-hmm. where there were times where we defined places that were open after curfew, where they were under the ground, whereas hush hush is yeah. like. Oh. Or they had like an in with the police that they, so they were allowed like, to do those yeah, things. Like this back alley club, like yeah, shh. Or if um, you have a party in your apartment, you have to be like, shh, don't be too loud. We don't want the neighbors to tell the police on us. Things like which that. Which one time, little anecdote, at my friend's spot, they had a, we had he was in a high rise. He had a no, I'm not saying party. It was probably six of us, but the limit was I think five or four. Because his blinds were open and us being foreigners in a Korean neighborhood, because we I mean we were at the outskirts, we were the only foreigners there. Someone called the police on us. Because they saw us from across the the apartment block. And it was like yeah, it just, what now? That's just telling you like how seriously everyone just took COVID there. But on the flip side, they, they were able to manage it in a different way, but at what cost? I don't know. That that's another that's a Yeah, that's, that's true, but it's just it was just such a strong I don't yeah. know. And also the thing with the QR codes. So I guess each person has a QR code geared towards them. It's I thought like it was kind of scary. It's like, wow, like very black. No, you're a number. You're a number. Literally, we're a QR code. So anytime we would have to enter a restaurant, enter a mall, enter just a public, even some beaches, you had to scan oh, a QR yeah. code. You, go to a beach. you had to take your temperature first, and then you scan your QR code. And then if you get the go-ahead, then you can go. So it's just crazy when you're going into a mall and it's just a line of people just scanning your QR code going, scanning your QR code going. It's just so... It just really reminded me of, like, another world, like a metaverse. Black well, it literally game. was because you were a number and you couldn't enter places if you didn't have a QR. Yeah. Or you could put your phone number and... And they call... They you call, call somebody. Or you had to show them, like, that you got a phone call. 
What ordeals? Just so many things. Ordeals, but whatever. But so in general, because gotta get moving. But in general, how would you rate? Okay, because the teaching. I know you said it was very intense, but you you enjoyed your teaching experience, or is more you enjoyed living in Korea because the teaching was and because of the being burnt out. I at the end of the day, I very much enjoyed my time in Korea, and I always miss it to this day. Like it has a special place. In my heart for me, Busan. Um, I would say the teaching experience, since that was like a big part of my life, you know, as I said, the work hours are very long, so it literally did take up a lot of my days and hours. Um, I did notice that like the kids were very smart and respectful, so that was something that I did like. I think it was more so like the management and the higher ups of my job that. Were a little bit of a culture shock to me because shady. it was very shady. They try to like skimp you. They take out their emotions on you. Like it's just some things that I thought in the U.S. standards, like it was not very professional. But oh, in God. terms of like how the students were, it was a bit of a like fresh air because compared to the U.S. students, like these students were just so well behaved. They listened to you. They tried their hardest. They never felt like they had a. They wanted to sleep or like they didn't want to do the work. It was just, I was very impressed by. Which it. I will say though, I think yes, yeah. From my experience, your experience, mine was more towards like right. what you'd think of kids. Kids like, I don't think my kids were the most respectful kids. But I think because purely, I think you had some. Again, I I, I mean I don't know in terms of the culture kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, I think my batch was. A lower batch in your batch because I mean, and I saw your kids and you know they were, but then I did see the bad kids too. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like they were respectful kind of thing, whereas mine, they I mean in terms like of those, kids, yeah. I mean in terms of respect, I mean I had several kids, and as a class management, where it was like mm-hmm. okay, this kid that they're all acting up, whatever. Okay, but anyways, so all in all, but what was your favorite place that you saw in in Korea? In Korea in total? Yes. I would say at the end of the day, I think Busan was my favorite city in Korea. I don't know if it's because I lived there, so it just felt like home to me. It was like a special place to me. But I think it was just, it's a large metropolitan city for one, but also it was like by the beach. There were the beautiful bridges on the water. Um, there were beautiful like nature areas. There were the mountains behind you. There were just it was just a lot prettier than a lot of other cities I saw in Korea. Yeah, yeah. that's Seoul. I mean, it was very drab. old. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's not even old. It's just all the same. Like it just yeah, like copy paste. Yeah, but and Busan not... was a lot more modern, and plus the beach was a big plus. Yeah, I think Seoul. Like in terms of like what will be rated against European cities or even American. Like I thought Seoul. Like the average apartment block. Was eh. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was all that with the occasional skyline. I think the U.S. skylines are prettier. European, because even even a, a Joe Schmo apartment block in Europe, it has the flair, the old stuff with Seoul. Was, it was so monotone. It wasn't. It didn't uniform. have character. Which, yeah, Busan. Jeez. Yeah. Busan blew Seoul out of the water any day of the week. Even without the water. Yeah, I think, the buildings. I mean, Busan's skyline. Busan's, okay, I say apartments weren't necessarily the prettiest because it would be like the soul right i don't know i think busan Busan with the mountains yes soul i guess had the mountains ish but yeah i don't know soul was like drab 
Not drab. It was, I mean, it was ugly. I mean, I'm sure Seoul had, like, a lot more things to do and not 100%. a lot more, like, But I'm saying in terms of the aesthetic, like... Aesthetic-wise, yeah, I did... I just liked... I don't know. I think Busan just has a special place in my heart, so maybe I'm biased, but... Well, even I really outside that. But then, to be fair, like, I did travel all around Korea. I still think Busan was no, the course, best place to be, so... But I'm saying, okay, even Lotte Tower, the tallest built... What is it? Fifth tallest in the world, yeah. whatever. Even going to the top of that in, in Seoul... The view was like... It was so... It was a letdown because it was like... In any it's other not a city, huge skyline or anything. It's not, but other cities that I've... Because I'm actually... I'm afraid of heights, but whatever. But I still <laughs> like go up to the sky or go up to those those viewpoints or whatever. Busan's kick-ass. Anywhere else, like in... in what is it? Um, in the Eiffel Tower. Like anywhere that you have the views, like the soul... You get to the tower and it's so anticlimactic. It's like... Well, okay, yes, we're so much higher than everything else, but everything else below us does yeah. not look cool. <laughs> to be it was kind of a waste of money. Maybe because you were so high up, it looks less cool because you're further away. But we've seen what it is lower. Yeah, that's true. And any other place that I've been up, was it uh, World Trade Center 1 or whatever whatever the New York one is? Awesome skyline. Yeah. You go up in the um, Eiffel Tower, awesome skyline. In um, like Barcelona, like looking down in the bunkers, all those things that like kick-ass skylines, but so... And left down. Right. Anyways, okay, so so we'll, we'll get because we don't have a ton of time left. I still have a lightning round. I still got some things. Okay. So now we're in Turkey. Okay. So all in all, what is it like living in Istanbul? What do you like about Istanbul? What are some similarities compared and differences between Istanbul versus the rest? Like, this is your first time in, in Istanbul, or first time in Turkey. Okay, so my first experience with Turkey, I would say my first impression was the taxi drivers. I think this was, I think, again, I've been spoiled, maybe. Maybe all of my previous experiences with taxis have been positive ones. But well, here, in Korea, have you taken, like... Yeah, okay, I was going to say... taxis. Yeah. I know, but you say yeah. in general, like, what, every other country is, is good with taxis? They are in Korea. No, no, but you said my previous experience with taxis. Is Korea the only country you've taken a taxi in? Oh, no, I've taken in, like, the U.S. But and that's for me. Do you enjoy those? Yeah, I'm just saying they were all positive ones. Oh, all positive. Okay. Yeah, all positive, because... Well, I'm just going to say, in Turkey, I think my, our first experience with the taxi, it's like they try to take the wrong route. They try to overcharge you because, you know, they see you're a foreigner. They think you don't know any better, which honestly, maybe we didn't at the beginning. But still, it's like something that just I became used to. And that was, I think, a first impression of mine of the country where it's like, oh, this yeah. is like newsflash. Maybe, especially compared to Korea, where it's like, oh, everything's so by the book. Everyone follows everything, blah, blah, blah. You trust everyone to do the correct thing, blah, blah, blah. But here it's like, oh, maybe some people, you know, might want to skimp you or like people might, you know, try to take things from you, things like that. So that was one of my first experiences with that. But I would say something that Istanbul has on Busan or Turkey has on Korea was that there's just a lot of history here. And I feel like in Korea, I know it is like it has a lot of history, but a lot of the streets and, you know, the city lights and all that stuff, it's also modernized and, like, commercialized. It's so, just so, they're just trying to always build a newer thing. New thing, new thing, new thing. And I feel like Asians, um, as, at least East Asia particularly, it's always about, like, technology. We always want to be the most advanced. We always want to make the next big thing, the brightest thing. We want to have lights everywhere. But in Europe, or at least in Istanbul... Um, it's like, we're okay with like things being old here. We're embracing the history. 
this building's super old. We're not going to make it new. We're just going to leave it like that because, you know, there's so much character and history and culture with it. And yeah, I just, I like that about how Istanbul is as a city because not just like the main buildings are like that, but it's like, you know, the random streets you come across, they're all, they all have character. Not everything is so like copy and paste, which I feel like Korea was. Because I feel like they had to build all of those buildings in like such a short amount of time, you know, after the war and stuff like that. So obviously things look, you know, a lot, a lot like they put less effort into making those buildings. But here it's like every building has, you know, different history and looks different. Yeah, no, I think what you're saying, like you, you drop, you copy, not copy paste. If, if you drop yourself, you are the little man on Google Maps mm-hmm. and they drop you anywhere. It, it's just like Europe, and uh, that's what I'm going to speak on. I haven't been to to Africa, or I mean, I guess I've been to Colombia or whatever, but I'm, I'm going to speak, I know most about New Europe, and we'll say Istanbul and Turkey kind of thing. The random apartment block still has, like, that flair. Mm-hmm. That street has that flair where it is that oldness where you wouldn't get so much in the U.S. In Korea, you wouldn't get so much, where it is, like, like you said, the copy and paste. Yeah, okay, yes, there are Turkish apartment blocks here, or apartment or you know the old you know you know the phrase the soviet apartment box which (laughs) i think is very true in eastern europe yes that is copy and paste but it's still i don't know like i don't know it's just it's just different where the korea it is like that again what you're saying where it's like okay i'm in this street this Mm -hmm. is about 200 streets look the same like this kind of thing but it is that preservation where i think europe they will always preserve that that um, old kind of thing, which then I think yeah. is cool. But that's they what I like about it. Korea too, where it is like, but Korea is more, I guess, embracing the, the modern. Well, yeah. Europe, you don't see so many skylines kind of thing. Like no, and they're okay. With but that. when they do do that, I think it's cool. Like Paris, yeah. Not many people know what Paris is skyline likes. Like their little skyscrapers, because it's just chilling. But like, but they wouldn't tear down all like the yeah, regular stuff to build as in what it is like you said east asian is like yeah. these old buildings yeah where i feel like if you think of asia a lot of the appeal is like oh the crazy nightlife oh the crazy lights oh like all of the neon building neon lights neon signs yes yes things like that and i feel like you could tell by in korea i've heard a lot of the businesses that you see in Korea, they don't last very long because i think everything's just always changing oh yeah it's, things are becoming the new best thing it's now we're okay, we're going to Turkey. So like out of yeah. because you're not brushing. So in Turkey, what what do you like that you've seen? Do you think Turkey's a pretty country? What is it that you've seen? What were some recommendations as Turkey as a whole? Because I think from an American standpoint, not a lot of Americans are going to Turkey. Right. So like what what is it that Turkey brings to the table? Is it something that has has defied your expectations? Maybe you didn't have expectations, but is it something where it's like, wow? Or is it like, man, like what is Turkey to you? Also, again, like you said, Americans, not a lot of them really know yeah. much about Turkey, <laughs> let alone go there. Sandy place is what they say. Exactly. Middle so East. Before I had decided to move here, or before I moved here, I did not know anything about Turkey. I had no idea what the language sounded like. A lot of my friends were asking me, like, what are you going to do in Istanbul? Like, how are you going to get ketchup? How are you going to get Which is a damn shame. How, yeah. Isn't it going to be like just sand? Like, I think people literally thought you're in Tatooine. Going to live like, yeah, in Tatooine in a little tent or, sand or something. Yeah. Or something like that, where, you know, I think a lot of Americans sadly have that picture of Istanbul or in Tur- of Turkey in their heads um, because they think of like the Middle East, they think of desert vibes, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, so to be fair, I had zero expectations of what living here would look like because 
just like England, just like Korea, before I had moved to any of those places. I had never stepped foot in those places. I knew almost nothing about those places. Again, I was fine with moving to a new place that I just knew nothing about. Um, whether it's a negative experience, positive experience, it's an experience nonetheless. And it's something that I was just willing to embrace, something new, something fun, new environment. Um, so again, like I said, with Korea, with the public transportation, I had taken that for granted. And I had taken that for granted, which I had realized when I came to Istanbul, I realized, oh, like the buses maybe aren't very punctual. It says on Google Maps that it's going to come in like one minute, one minute passes, two minutes passes, 10 minutes pass, it doesn't come. That's something that I got used to. Because it's Istanbul traffic, right? Yeah, like, does this even exist? I don't yeah. know. Like, it probably doesn't. And then the, going to the metro, like, the increments between the metros, maybe you're, you have to wait longer. Um, it's not very, you know, I was just very spoiled with the public transportation that I had become accustomed to in which, Korea. Yeah, I don't think you'll ever get up to there again. I'll you never. Go to... Which is so sad because that was my first experience living in a place with public transportation. So I think that had set the standard for me. So obviously everything afterwards is going to be like below, 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 which I'm getting used to. So yeah, I've accepted now that Korea just had very good transportation. Yeah, I mean, you go to Europe, you go anywhere. I mean, you're just not yeah. going to get like what... Okay, but anyways, but enough about Korea. But anyways, with the Turkey though, yes, it's into my public transportation. But from what you've seen, what is it that you've seen? Like, like how... how okay, it's not the sandy... Tatooine-esque environment. Right. So what is Turkey to you? Well, Istanbul is, to a lot of American people's surprise, like, it is very metropolitan. The city of Istanbul, like, you know, you go to Levent, like, very tall buildings. You go to Sapphire, Skyscraper. It is very metropolitan. And I remember posting a story of Levent and someone replied, like, oh, wow, I didn't know, like, Istanbul looked like that. It's so modern. Yeah. Things like that. Like, Istanbul so, is a very modern city. Levant has the skyline, but, but it's such a small area because Istanbul in general yeah. is the sprawling, like the what you see in pictures. But, but what does Istanbul look like to someone who doesn't know that, who never has been? I know you said the like skyline, the but desert. like, Istanbul. What, to someone that doesn't know about it? Yeah, I'm saying, what does it look like? Like, how do you, would you describe it to someone that has not been? I feel like Istanbul is such a big city, so you could really get like anything. Like you have the Bosphorus, you have Marmaris, you have all of these bodies of water, you have all of the mosques, you have all of the history, you know, you even have Taksim on the European side, which is, I think it's like a preservation of what it used to look like even centuries ago with the, you know, red cable car thing. Um, on the Asian side, I think it is a little more modern. You get a lot more what Western restaurants, a lot more city life there like typical city life but yeah this is my first experience living in you know a country that is a lot of muslim religion is so my first time hearing you know the call to prayer at you know several times in the day my first time being in a mosque things like that so that was culture shock to me and what about okay, what about the rest of turkey because turkey is a big country so what what, oh, what have turkey. you seen no, yeah, I mean, it's not all too, but I'm saying, okay. but what, what have you seen in Turkey? Do you think it's a pretty country? What is it that you've seen? Mm -hmm. I think it's a very beautiful country. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but I feel like Turkey has so many different types of terrain. Like you could get yeah. the desert, you could get the sea, you could get the beach, you could get the Mediterranean, you could get the metropolitan city life. You could get everything you want here in Turkey. So 
yeah. What's been number one? What's been the most beautiful thing that you've seen in Turkey? I would say, I think you agree. The most beautiful thing would have been in Trabzon, which is in the Black Sea region. Incredible. Just so beautiful. I think we expected to see the sea part and everything, but what we didn't realize was like the mountains and everything, just snowy mountaintops going all the way to the top and like seeing the, you know, yaylas, things like that. Just It just looked so like... Beautiful. Like the Swiss Alps. The Swiss Alps. But, but again, like what, what you were saying before in terms of like in Europe. Okay, Europe has a ton of the mountains and whatever. Beautiful. But it's like being in Trabzon in the north of Turkey on the Black Sea. It was seeing these like Alp villages but with these mosques. And like just, it was just a, a, a world that I'd never seen. And top, for me, top five prettiest places yeah, I've ever beautiful. seen. It was incredible it's just one of those things where it just makes you appreciate how beautiful for one turkey is but just the world you know and it's just like this is why we travel like pearly and i you know a story from another time just driving almost dying you know up these roads that had no <laughs> rails or whatever but just the views were incredible and we we knew like this is this i bought this gift i bought the flights for pearly for our um was your birthday, birthday right? present? Birthday, because she had been talking about going to Trabzon all this time. And it was just like, we knew it was going to be pretty. But it was like... It exceeded, they exceeded my expectations. It far. And it's like, that's somewhere that I really I would like to go back before yeah, we and leave. Yeah, do more of it, yeah. And it was just... But then it was like, that part was pretty. But then the Black Sea was so pretty, too. Like, every aspect of that trip was so, like, jaw We saw so many different types of terrain and... It was just all was so breathtaking. Just, you know, have, you know, butterflies in my stomach. Just thinking about it because it was just yeah. it was so beautiful. And for how beautiful it was and for how much it provided, we didn't even see that many people there. You would think somewhere like this would no. be so touristy, like, you know, like the Swiss Alps are. But no, it was literally Fraction just the price, too. It was just we didn't really see anybody in general. And good riddance. Crazy. It was, it yeah. was incredible. Okay, so now that we're kind of winding down, I know we didn't touch a lot of things, but, you know, I know y'all probably sick and tired of hearing us, whatever. But so I would like to go into a little lightning round. So I want you to not think about these questions. I want you to answer, you know, just... Off the bat. Off the bat. And these are questions about travel and just, you know, your experiences, every little thing. Are these like one word answers or what? Just you, you, whatever. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Window, middle, or aisle? Window. Window. What what country have you been to that has the best nature? Iceland. Iceland. What country has had the best food that you've been to? Italy. Italy. What country has been the most convenient? Korea. Korea. What is the most overrated place that you've been to? Not country, but place. Overrated place. Overrated. Place, not country? Not country, place. Um... Paris. Okay, okay, but specifically, what? it was the Eiffel Tower, like something, something uh, like, as in, like, oh my God, Statue of Liberty, this or that. Like, what is oh, the most overrated? I guess place? the Louvre. I don't know. The Louvre, overrated. Okay. Mona Lisa. Most underrated. Underrated. Like, you can say city, but you can also say like the place. Um, I say Edinburgh, Scotland. Edinburgh. Okay. Best airline. Asiana Air. Asiana Air. <laughs> Worst airline. Blue Air. Whatever we took from Sydney. <laughs> Some trash airlines. Um country that you want to visit the most. That I've never been to. Never been. Um, Croatia, I guess. Japan. Japan. Japan, okay. 
Um, what are, what travel goals do you have? You know, my goal is to visit every country in the world. Is there one goal that I would like to visit every country in Europe, every country in Asia? Just, just something. Is there anything travel particular that you have as a goal? Um, it, it could be like a very specific goal. Like I really want to go to Hong Kong. That's where my family's from. Okay, that's fine. That's, that's cool. Okay. Goal. Okay. And then what is the best app that you think is most useful for traveling? Google Maps. <laughs> Google Maps. What okay. would yours be? Mine would be Maps Me. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. Maps Me, for those of you who don't know. If you do not, because, you know, if you go to a country and you don't want to spend the money for data, bro, whatever, Maps Me is an offline map that you can download. You pick beforehand a country. Okay, I'm going to Serbia for the week. I download the map for Serbia. I have that offline. If I don't have data, if I don't have connection, it, the map is there. Wow. Sponsor him, Maps Sponsor Me. Sponsor him. <laughs> or I just actually downloaded in Serbia a currency app because I'm always so stupid. I always mean to do it. And I don't right. remember what it's called, but it, I mean, damn. I, out of all the times I've traveled, I never remember to do the mm -hmm. currency. And it's like, I go to places that it's like $1, like 250 something. Yeah, it's like, you need that oh, are you kidding me? How did I not know this? And, I, and I'm stupid. I don't even look up a conversion beforehand. So, idiot. Okay. So closing uh, in one minute or less than that, what is some advice you would give to someone who would like to, I don't know, either travel or just in general live abroad, teaching as a foreign language, is something that you've experienced that you think that you could offer to someone? Um, just a like, piece of advice. I feel like this is cliche, but honestly, just have an open mind. Don't go somewhere with expectations. Even if it's somewhere you visited before, obviously visiting somewhere is going to be completely different than living there. Um, I would say you don't have expectations. Just accept everything that comes to you. Um, you should accept that everyone, you know, every country has a different culture, whether it's like social culture. You know, people might have their own culture like that will may come across as like offensive to you, but you need to accept that it's part of their culture. This could be someone in the street or in your workplace. I think it's just the biggest advice is to be open-minded. Open-minded. Yes. And I would also say just just go for it. You know, like Nike says, just do it. Just do it. All right, <laughs> Nike. Hesitations. Just up? do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just go for it. You're young. Or maybe you're not young. Even if you're not young, just do it. Just you do only it. have one life. YOLO. YOLO. Make moves. Do it. Make moves. Ayo. Okay. And where can people find you? Uh, my Instagram media? is at Pearly Yang. Just my first and last name if you know how to spell it. Original. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for joining me and my lady Pearly on um, uh, a typical Wednesday night. <laughs> typical Wednesday in Istanbul with some wine and some podcasting. And this has been my first podcast. Um, please let me know what you think about it. You know, we're at 90 minutes now. I might have to go a little less then, but, you know, just had a lot of fun talking. And yeah. Never stop making moves, and we out. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye.